We should be live right now, I hope. Anyway, hey guys, welcome back to the show. How are you guys doing? Can you give us a five by five in the chat? Please let us know if you can hear us. We're really excited to get into uh, some fun stuff tonight. Um, let me just make sure it's working properly. I think it is. Such an amateur when it comes to going live. Yeah, we're good. Um, just let us know if you can hear us. Um, so we have quite a show for you guys tonight. I'm really excited to uh, do this roundtable. Uh, we did a few last year before our conference. They always go over well. Uh, I have some announcements to make. Abby Lynn is going to be giving away a free session tonight, uh, an energy reading. And uh, well, I'll let Abby explain exactly what she's giving away. But um, if you are listening, I'll, we'll announce this again later. But for now, if you want to enter the contest to win a free session from Abby at the conference, please email us with your name and number under the subject Abby, and then we will choose a winner and let you know if you won. And uh, once we get things rolling, I'll let Abby explain exactly what she's giving away. Um, what else? Hopewell Farms CBD. Uh, they will be a vendor at the conference. They Their promo code is Journey to Truth 10. And coming up in April, they will have a 420 sale with 20% off all of their products. It's an amazing CBD. If you haven't tried it, I recommend it. I highly recommend it, especially if you're looking for a new CBD. Uh, they're great people. They're going to be a vendor as well. Um, and one last announcement, Mason Fury uh, of Merlin's Lab. We actually had him on the show, episode 84 and episode 210. I highly recommend going back and checking out those episodes. He's going to be a vendor at our conference also. He makes these amazing pyramids among, along with uh, many other products. They're fantastic, but he's only going to be there for the first two days of the event. So if you want one of his products, you can go check out his website below in the description, merlinslab.com or .org, I think. And you can get 10% off all of his products with promo code Journey to Truth, all caps. What else? Um, the Telegram chat on the website. Guys, if you are looking for um, to share a room with somebody or uh, share a ride with somebody to the conference, you can get on the Telegram chat via the conference website. So we had a troll on the Telegram chat and somehow or another, um, while I was trying to delete him, we lost a hundred members from that group and all at once. And really, yeah, I, I don't know how it happened, uh, but a hundred people just got wiped out from that group. So if you did join that group, you might want to check again because you might've got kicked out. Um, and it's also important that you're on that chat. If you bought a live stream ticket, because those, uh, all of the tech issues will be dealt with. Um, and if there's any questions for the live stream, anything in that regard, it's all going to be done through that Telegram chat. And the last announcement, if you guys caught our episode with Margie K recently, um, we have unofficially added her to the lineup. It's hopefully going to be official, but I'm confident enough to say that she probably will be joining us as a speaker at the conference. So uh, if you guys enjoyed her show, she will be there. And we're really looking forward to that. That being said, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, glad to have you guys all back. How are you guys doing? Tony, we'll start with you. Oh, how am I doing? I uh, can't complain. Whatever. Thanks. You threw me right in the deep end first. I wasn't ready, <laughs> but I was asked, just asking before we can't went live. Like, what are we talking about tonight? Like, but um, I'm sure we'll figure it out because this is a great bunch. I'm so happy. I'm honored to be here. Thanks, you guys. Um, I've been on Journey to Truth enough 
uh, to get my story out. And you guys have been very supportive and everybody else in this chat. I haven't met a couple of you, but everybody else, um, I'm very, very happy, very honored to be here. Right. Um, okay. So I guess that's what we'll do. We'll just go around and let you guys briefly introduce yourselves. And uh, well, I guess, Tony, we might as well just start. Tony, go ahead. And if you want to just <laughs> give people an idea <laughs> of what you're going to be sure. uh, presenting about this year, if there's any, anything, you know, briefly, um, then we'll just go around and do, do the same for everybody. A lot's happened. A lot has happened after last year. Um, my whole life was changed, really. And I'm working on my second book. I'm hoping to have copies of it for sale at the conference, uh, Project Star Maker. And that'll be out. It's, a, the, it's about the loophole part in my book where there were 10 years. And I said, that was another story. So this is that story. And it's a spiritual overlay. So Jackie Kenner, who edited the first book, is more of a co-author of the second one. She's editing and co-authoring her own narrative. So there's my story. And then at the bottom, it's her narrative. She's a psychic medium. And what she said was that a lot of the things, like I told her the story personally when we were doing our show, and she said that uh, she never told me this really until we started writing. She said, "You know, all this I know. I've heard. I've heard everything that you're saying from other people, and there are people in the psychic community that say the same exact phenomenon. What you're saying, you went through in your time up there at, during in this episode, and it's also things that I never really covered in interviews because it's." There's not a lot of evidence. There's not a lot of supporting. And it's kind of like a, the more vague memories. So the second book's going into that because everybody's asking for more from the first book. So anybody that doesn't know me uh, watching, so there's TonyRodriguez.com. You can go. And my book was a bestseller for a little while and it's still, still selling. It's called Series Colony Cavalier. It tells the story of my abduction and what I went through. So this year I'm going to present little bit on all of that. I'm going to touch on all those. I'd like to touch on what's happened to the subject matter of people that are taken in the time dilation and back. So there's been a lot of uh, drama around it. And it's really given people a lot of bad taste in their mouths. And so rather mm -hmm. than attack other people, which is my first, my first instinct was to go on YouTube and start calling names. <laughs> but that's not what I'm going to do. I, you know what I mean? Like I settled myself and I thought I'm just going to polish up my own act and present my own information. And there's still, you know, I had left a lot of evidence on the table that I've never presented because it costs money to go do it. So just what is today, Sunday? So Friday, I paid for two guys to go to Peru and they're down there taking pictures of the town. And we've, we've, we've uncovered evidence of my time in Peru. And it's absolutely provable. Like I still, in my organic timeline, I've never been to Peru. So, so um, Anything that I can call out there that gets proven right is very substantiating evidence. So rather than be rather than fuel the drama, I'm just doubling down and representing my proof. That, that's fantastic. And thank that's you, Lisa. Thank you, great. Lisa, for the donation. Thank you. Sorry if I cut somebody off there. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so um, much. Right. Yeah, it's, it seems like everyone's been activated to just suddenly turn against each other right now. And everyone's calling names and everyone's cutting each other's throats. In, and I feel like that's almost by design. Uh, I don't know, you know, if if you're not really self-aware, sometimes you can be easily manipulated. And it seems like everyone's attacking each other and destroying the entire SSP narrative. And I don't feel like that's a coincidence, but we can get into that later. Abby, we'll go to you next because we already have people emailing us. Uh, it's it's already blown up. So people are anxious to win a free session from you. So can you tell us about that and what you're going to be presenting about this year at the conference? Um, yeah, so a little bit about myself, uh, lifelong experiencer, 
um, dealing with that, recovering memories. Um, I've been working and integrating that into my life. Uh, intuitive psych medium healer, you know, all the labels, all the things that people like to just place on it where we're actually just awakening. That's all we're doing is just, we're all awakening to what we are. And what I love to do is to help walk alongside someone while they're doing that. And that's really all that my sessions are. I was on the Telegram chat and I was seeing all the people that were already buying the tickets so early. And my my guides literally said, you need to do a free session. Like they're already showing up. They're already excited to be there. You need to be, you have to do a, a completely free session. You're like go all the way out for like, don't give them 20 minutes, not 30 minutes, a full session. So I'm very happy to offer that to somebody. Um, you know, one of the things that I work with Mary Rodwell to look at for one thing that I was used for in some of the stuff that Tony knows about was uh, looking in beings' eyes. And when I would look in their eyes, I could see the highest potential that their souls had obtained. And based on that, that was whether or not they were used for something else or they were disposed of. So I can kind of say I've been doing this work since I was a toddler, um, <laughs> but re, you know, coming back into that. Uh, so that's a little bit about what I do, what I'm going to talk about though at the conference, and I'm just going to cover a little bit here is, uh, the galactic perspective. So I've, I've talked with a number of multidimensional beings, other dimensional beings, and I see how they see us. And, you know, it's always them connecting with their family that are here and I like to give a voice to that because I think sometimes people look at them and almost in a state of, of all their, you know, or they're trying to understand it, or there's a little bit of trauma there. So I just really like their voices to be heard um, from them and to, and through that understanding what's going on right now, like what, what we're going through, what that awakening process looks like and how they can, can help us and aid us. Um, mm -hmm. And they also give us tools to protect us too through it. So that's, that's great. That's great. And guys, if you weren't here at the very beginning, Abby is giving away a free session at the conference. If you're coming to the conference this year and to win that free session, you can uh, email us your name and phone number and with the subject Abby, and you will be entered into the contest and we will choose a winner and we will email you back probably tomorrow, hopefully um, with uh, and let you know if you won. And really quick, Tony, what was what's the name of your second book? Someone was asking in the chat. So it's not published yet, and you never know um, when you go to upload it if there's going to be some kind of obscure something taken. So I will never until it's done. I don't know if it'll be the final name, but it's slated to be the Project Star Maker. That's cool. I like that. Um, okay, um, who next? Let's go to Jack Doubleday. Uh, if you guys don't know who Jack is, including you speakers, he's an, he's amazing. You guys will get to know him at the conference. Uh, he's he's a lot of fun. Uh, he has some crazy theories that will even make a conspiracy theorist scratch their head. So, <laughs> but I really think he's on to something. Um, and uh, welcome to the show, Jack. Tell us what you're going to be talking about this year at the conference. Oh, thanks, Tyler. Um, yeah. Um... I was just, you know, I'm I'm just a regular guy, you know, I'm a writer, so uh, anyone can do what I did, which is to go out into the terrain and 
see the building of the ancients. Um, I was in a riverbed in Bosnia where I first noticed it. And then I looked at creek beds and riverbeds on three continents, uh, Africa, um, Eurasia, North America. And I keep, you know, you know, I just went uh, last week, I spent three days in uh, Garner State Park here in Texas and making videos of the Frio River, which has got the same 45 degree diagonal sectioning of the, um, that, that the rivers around the world seem to have. Um, and so um, I'm just a guy who is pointing, like, let's say that you're in a park and and you see a UFO and there's a bunch of people in the park and you point up at the UFO and you go, look, what's that thing up there in the sky? And everyone looks up, you know, um, that's, that's all I'm doing. I'm just pointing at this, at the building because the geologists missed it. Why did they miss it? Why did, why did billions of people along with the geologists miss it? It's really simple. Um, we've, we've been working under a false premise for, centuries in academia and that premise is that we're the first advanced race so there were no other races to have even possibly built anything much less continents um, but now that we we this group of people here and uh the small group of people around the world who really believe this uh that ets exist uh, advanced races that is of people um now that we have that understanding through many different avenues of evidence, uh, in particular the insiders in the secret space program like Tony, um, we are able to consider the possibility that the continents were built and that in fact Earth was built and that other planets and suns were built. And Elena Danan has uh, Thor Han as her contact who says that you know he's engaged in building suns and you know so we have more and more information coming out about the building uh of the of the true ancients as i call them the planet builders so uh, that's 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 uh, what i've been doing just just being a guy with a video camera going into the creeks and the riverbeds you know that that's all i'm doing and anybody can do that and i hope that up people will do that on their own and not not be like jock doubleday needs to be told about this i don't need to be told about anything you guys are just like me. You 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 can decide what you think of it. You can make a video that says, and you say, "Hey, that looks like geology to me," or you can say, "Hey, that looks like building." I mean, I I already know, or at least I believe, fully that the continents were built, not the seabeds, but the continents. So um, I might be wrong, <clears throat> but my belief is at a hundred percent. So I don't need more evidence from from anybody. You don't need to send me that, and you don't and you don't have to send me stuff that that that's uh, antagonistic to the theory because I'm not going to believe it. I know that geology works with terraforming. So we have the, the later uh, grant, uh, er erosion of the continents that created the strata that the fossils are in. And so it's, it's all continental concrete that, that the fossils have been laid in and concretized. And so we can see the, the stages of life. That's awesome. So geology works with uh, the terraforming theory. So we have the two theories side by side and, and we just have the ancient building, the truly ancient building in the ancient geological uh, time span. So uh, I'm, I'm just, I just want to be the guy pointing at the UFO in the sky. I just want to be pointing at the riverbed going, check that out. Isn't that interesting? That's all I'm doing. Right. So guys, don't send Jack anything. No, I mean, you can. I'm just saying you don't need to. You don't need to be like, oh, Jack needs to see this. No, I don't need right. to. I'd right. be happy to. I'd be happy to see it, but can, I don't need to see it. <laughs> can you... Um, You're a reporter. 
you're yeah. observing and you're reporting on what you observe. Yeah, I'm just reporting. Yeah, exactly. And anybody, and you're putting the piece. Other people went to see what they thought. I mean, they, they might have different opinions. And you're putting the pieces together of things that forming this big picture of what's been going on, basically. Right. I mean, right. once we once we can ask the question, is what I'm looking at artificial or natural, then we can gather evidence for one theory or the other. Before, nobody asked the question. Right. And uh, right. really, really quick, uh, just briefly, Jack, can you explain how Nikola Tesla was even trying to tell us that planets were being built? He um, wrote articles and letters to the editor in the beginning of the, the, the uh, 20th century um, saying that the ether is the quarry, essentially, for material. So all matter uh, comes from the ether and we will learn, humanity will learn one day and it will be humankind's greatest achievement. That's his, those are his words. Our greatest achievement will be learning how to create worlds, planets, from the quarry of the ether. He called it the fluid ether. And he, you know his predecessors believed in the ether. Academia has discarded the ether in their general discarding of everything Tesla. They just don't want any anyone to, to talk about Tesla. Right. Thank you for that. And um, guys, somebody just mentioned something about the live stream pass. I just want to throw that out there as a reminder. If you can't make it to the event, live stream passes are available for $99. And the live stream experience is going to be uh, enhanced this year, I could say. We're putting a lot of effort into making that really unique and even interactive, possibly. Um, it's a trial and error. We're going to see how it works. But uh, it'll be uh, it'll be worth it. So if you can't make it, grab a live stream pass and day passes will become available on April 1st. If you can't make it for the full event, uh, you can come for a couple of days and those passes will be available at journeytotruthcon.com as of April 1st. Um, we'll jump to Barry and we'll go to Jessica. How's it going, Barry? Welcome Pretty back. Good. Greetings. Hi, Tyler. Um, I'm honored to be here and to be um, working with everybody on this event. Definitely. Um, I'll be talking about, um, I'm a lifetime experiencer, and I'll be talking about that, but more incorporating some other things, which would be uh, earthbound spirits. I'm going to talk a lot about that and kind of about the crossing process, because I think it needs to be addressed. And some of these things aren't the separate classifications that we want them to be. And something else I'll focus on and talk about is black holes, uh, Makos, as they're called by Rudy Shields and others, and how they kind of are not just the fabrics of the universe, but how much they're connected consciously to the contact experience. So I go over that. And something I'm looking forward to about this is, is it brings together some of us, like I've had positive experiences, they weren't SSP, but nonetheless, they're things that are common between all of us. And I think that's what this bringing the community thing is. And, you know, as Tony had said earlier, a party that everybody's fighting. You don't want a party where you know everybody's fighting. You know, some people are exchanging information, and that's how we really learn and we become a type one civilization. So those are some things I'll be addressing and uh, kind of you know tying these things together and just expanding our modalities of contact. For example, like a lot of these beings I've dealt with were from another universe, and we're on the universal spectrum, opposed to just not just galactic. You know, these things need to start being addressed as far as us uh, really going forward, I think, with this civilization. So that's where I'll kind of be focusing on. And I'll do yeah. uh, be working with people on some Earthbound Spirit release too and things that I used to not do publicly pre uh, around at the conferences previously, but I think it's about really changing things right now, so. You're working with people as far as, are you gonna be offering sessions at the event? 
Yeah, yeah, sure will. I sure will. And it'll be it'll be interesting. It's always cool. I think the phone the coolest thing about these events is just getting to meet people on a similar frequency. You know, a lot of attendees that do that and all their experiencers or contacts or psychics or mediums. It's it's really cool, you know, and it's a unique experience to have a platform to do that. So very grateful. Right. We're glad to have you. And you've been doing a lot of work with Jessica. Um, you guys have done quite a few videos together and it's really cool to see how you guys are putting the puzzle pieces together. So we'll go ahead and move to Jessica next. I also, I also have you guys speaking back to back so you guys can like piggyback off each other too. Cool. Um, uh, but welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys for uh, allowing me to be a part of your conference. I'm really excited (laughs) about it. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. Um, well, I am Jessica Jones, aka the cryptid huntress. Okay. And uh and I have a um I have a I have a radio show at Space Out Radio. Uh, but before I had all that, i I've I'm a Bigfoot field researcher. And uh and I've been doing uh Bigfoot encrypted field research since t- 2011, I guess. And uh I'm trained in remote viewing, and so I do a um I do a lot of remote viewing, and uh, and I didn't even know what remote viewing was until I became a Bigfoot field researcher, and uh, the head of my team decided that we all needed to be trained in it because we were having all sorts of activity out in the field that was not um, just Bigfoot. We were encountering ETs. Uh, we've encountered portals. We've documented portals, uh, you know. UFOs and interdimensionals and all sorts of weird stuff. So we wanted to be able to look into that kind of stuff and uh, by remote viewing it. So I, I kind of took off with it a little bit after I started. Uh, I went public about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I guess, with my research. Uh, I waited on, I think it was like 10 years before I even went public with any of my research. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something I'd love to do. Um, I'm going to be talking about at the conference, I'm going to be talking about my, my research with cryptids, and I'm also going to be talking about the remote viewing that I do. Uh, I, I look into stuff that's very unusual, okay, and uh, Barry is a, a good friend of mine. I've taught him how to give me or task me blind coordinates for uh, blind targets. So he had some very interesting targets uh, that I have looked into, including um, like Earth's weaponized portals, for instance, um, giants, UFOs, holographic mountains. I mean, I I also remote view like dogmen and Bigfoot attacks and, uh, you know, all sorts of really strange stuff. Uh, and I find out if it's real. Uh, I explore it. I look into it. And in a lot of these cases that I look into, they have some commonalities and the patterns are starting to show up now where a lot of this um, paranormal stuff that I'm looking into, it's, it involves like where missing people clusters are. It involves underground bases, uh, a lot of underground activity going on, things like that. So um, I think it's all going to tie together with what the other speakers are going to be talking about uh, with some of the things that I have come across with my data, with, um, with a lot of these targets. So. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. I'm very excited to to be a part of the conference, and uh, and I think Barry and I could probably you know talk about some things together actually with some of the um some of the pro- the targets he's given me. Yeah, I, I remember one in particular ended up being uh, you're talking about the weaponized portals. 
-hmm. and it, it ended up being the sun, how the sun was a portal and you saw some stuff coming through the sun. Uh, so that would be cool if you guys could touch on that too. Um, but it sounds amazing. It sounds absolutely amazing. I'm looking forward to all of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think um, Abby and Tony, Tony spoke there last year. Abby was there last year. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was our first conference, obviously, but I felt like it went well. And uh, we're hoping this one turns out just as good, if not better. So really looking forward to that. Very cool. Yeah. Um, it ran guys... like a clock it's... last year. It was a great conference. It ran oh. like a clock. And and to Thank everyone, you. yeah, it would. And to everyone, it's a beautiful venue. Like, I mean, it is. It's warm. It's homey. The energy feels amazing. Um, we had Bigfoot experiences, Sasquatch experiences, um, craft going over. It was. It just felt really, really good. Mm -hmm. Good environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the the whole thing. Whenever we were looking for a venue at the, uh, to, to host a conference, you know, we checked out a couple places that would have worked. They were like in hotels, very corporate feel. And as soon as I pulled onto the property, I, my, I got full body chills and I didn't even have to talk to the people. I'm like, I'm having it here. Uh, so the whole idea is to make it like, it's a, it's a place you would want to go hang out for, for four days anyway, without a conference. And um, there's plenty to do there. It's a beautiful getaway. So, uh, that aspect of it is is fun and exciting. And obviously, like last year, we kind of got rained out from some of the sky watches, but we had the bonfires. Uh, the very first night when we all went up on that hill, Tony, I know you saw something. Uh, we did, wasn't there like a this streak or something that went across the sky? What was that? I had some, I borrowed somebody's night vision goggles and was looking through it and everybody saw it go by and it was low and very fast. So, you know, we couldn't yeah. identify it. It was flying. Right. It's pretty cool though. That yeah. So did you guys uh, see, um, this is something I want to get everybody's input on the, uh, the mainstream media is now covering star seeds. Um, if you have, have you guys seen that? Um, but they're making fun of us. Yeah. So they're, they're calling us self-proclaimed ETs that, uh, came here from other planets to try and save the world. And they kind of like laugh about us. And one guy's like, well, if they're here, why haven't they done anything yet? Blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, they're just trying to make a mockery of it. I think that's why they're bringing it up because there's such, it's, it's becoming an actual threat. That's the only right. reason, that's the only reason they would make it public. I don't know if anyone wanted to chime in on that uh, just because I find it fascinating. I don't know if, have any, have you guys even seen that? Anyone? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it and I love it. <laughs> Right. I would say how oh, sounds flattering. I haven't seen it. Sounds flattering though. So it is. I think it has a compliment. Right. What were we gonna say, Barry? A campaign of disinformation. The same thing <laughs> as always, you know. Right. And it's too so many things are coming to the surface right now, especially with the way our technology and social media is right now. You have people to talk to if you're having these experiences. It's not necessarily you're automatically called crazy anymore. And, you know, hiding these things like mental illness, that's not being hidden anymore. It's coming to the forefront. Experiences are, too. And so, you know, this whole shift thing. So uh, they're going to keep throwing out crap like that to discourage people, you know. Right. We'll stop, we'll stop us. So. No, I, I just think it's interesting because, like, the whole they they want you to believe that star seeds are these, like, they, they're trying to say we're self-proclaimed ETs. Like, that we came here, we're not even human. That's what they want. But so... Uh, and a lot of people always, everyone actually has a different definition of what a starseed is. And I, I personally feel like it's just like we have 
uh, ET, extraterrestrial DNA on some level, different components of different races. And maybe we lived on another planet in a past life and we're here uh, on an inside job to kind of um, take down the enemy from the inside out. Well, if you don't understand the concept of past lives, then it's not going to make a whole lot of sense to people to yeah. say, I, you know, I used to be and other ET races before they're like, wait, before what, what do you mean? You know? Um, so you know, the concept I, I, first has to be understood. Yeah. I find out in regressions, you know, that I do all the time. It comes out people that aren't even into the ET thing comes out. They're talking about in the past life regressions quickly on other planets, other mm -hmm. solar systems, other forms of life, other containers of consciousness or, or other containers for their consciousness. You know, it's really amazing. And I think that can't be, ignored at all when we start exploring really what we are as immortal souls and going forward it's fascinating you know so barry i did um i did a regression on a client as well and she was brand new to ev every anything spirituality brand new to it and the first life she went to immediately was that of a sasquatch here <laughs> and <laughs> and she was talking about how there's a portal that can go from earth to pluto and they go back and forth and um it was fascinating and she came back out of it and she was shocked knew nothing about him you, you know I, I recently did a life between lives regression mm -hmm. and in this one if you do the technique correct the guide always shows up a guide or an angel shows up and it goes over the life with the individual and it normally they're like normally seems like a person that's, you know, got a ledger and things, the library, it's something common, but the guide always shows up. The last one I did, the guide that shows up is a Sasquatch and it's different, larger with the uniform on and the place of what I call translation and configuration where this uh, life review goes over and is incorporated into the soul was some type of a galactic ship that was ex-universal ship that was dispatching souls to different universes it was something unlike anything i'd heard before it blew me away mm -hmm. in terms of this uh place of translation so i understand what you mean and not have i referred to that been referred to quite that type of sasquatch that might be the prime genetic for them and where that ever come from you know that true nuclear dna <laughs> right right uh, tony did you did you deal with anyone in the program from another universe, a group from another universe, or was it just, you know, this quadrant? No. Um, so no, I didn't, but we were on a 3d mission. So we were trying to get him. We were trying to get tech. So mm -hmm. we were not, we weren't on an exploratory mission. So we heard stories of very exotic explorations that happened, you know, they would, but it was like, nobody believed it. So, you know, they, we went somewhere and this, it was like all energy and we, the person didn't have a body anymore. And then we came back and nobody's, everybody's like got powers. Like you would not believe it. So that we, we heard rumor about exploration, but we, what I, what I lived in was tech. We were trying to get more tech. So it was a more uh, 3d kind of thing. Um, I real quick, I just want to say this on the news thing. So if they were going to break the news to everybody, they have to open up with a joke. So, oh, by the way, people are star seeds, and they'd have to open up and laugh at it first. Like that's the beginning of it. They laughed at UFOs for the last fifty years, and now right. they're getting serious. And everybody's still, still, you know what I'm saying. So this is like an icebreaker. 
I always look at the bright side of it, you know, the optimists, like I'm not thinking they're trying to make it paint us to look like fools. I think they're trying to break the ice and just kidding. LOL. You know, like, like a, like a, like a guy goes, I think you're kind of cute. I'm just kidding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're apprehensive of what the reaction will be. And so I think that that's kind of what, what you know, they're going to have to come clean sooner or later, period. Right. And this, this, we're, we're gaining a lot of traction. That's so. a great, well, that's a great perspective. Go ahead, Abby. So, yeah, I just wanted to add, I, I was actually texting with Tyler a couple of weeks ago. Um, the, this, the energy in, at least just for, for me, the, the energy in the sky has completely shifted in the past two weeks. Again, um, it's more energized. It's much more lighter. And um, I just had an overwhelming feeling, uh, gosh, was this over a week ago, Tyler, when I text you that a, a huge heart expansion is coming in right now, but the same point, memory recall is coming in with this. Every, people are going to start recalling things about themselves. And I almost feel that, you know, it's not a coincidence that they're lining up with bringing in star seeds and then people can be from other places because I think that collectively more people are going to start having these memories come and they don't know how to make sense of them they're so trying maybe, to get ahead of it yeah 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 maybe that's a lot of <laughs> yeah that, these are great perspectives and, and yeah abby only texts me whenever something crazy happens otherwise i never hear from her <laughs> no <laughs> uh there would be like two months go by she's like oh my god something happened um so jack do you remember aaron lynn the girl we had on about the akashic records and she was talking about this goes back to what kind of what you cover. She was talking about um, what she called the blueprinters and like the ancient builders and stuff, um, the people who actually lay out the blueprint for like a galaxy or a universe. And it's all engineered. And this is the information she was tapping into from the Akashic Records. So when you're talking about a planet being built or engineered, like we have to understand, like it's still organic in the sense like. It's almost like it's planting a seed. It's like the, the plant is already designed, but they plant the seed in the ether and then the planet grows and it's ever expanding. Would you agree with that, Jack? You're muted. You're muted. Yeah, I have an Akashic Records reader who whose guides told her that, because I asked her questions about mostly about galactic history and, and things. And she said that, that the word building, uh, when, I, when I talk about building planets or something, she said it's not quite the right word. Her guides are saying it's more like they, uh, they, they use thought forms, is what she said. This is cool. This is super cool to me. They think, they think it into being. It's groups, you know, groups of people. It's not just one person. Groups of people come together, group, different races come together. And there's a group of people intending through thought a planet into being. It's, it's pretty astounding. Um, so that's, that's, those are the, that's the language that she's been using. Um, and her name's Vanessa Lisley. I think that's how you pronounce her last name, L-I-S-L-E. And she's really, really, really fantastic. Um, so I'm looking at NASA's website right now. As you guys have been talking, I wanted to bring this article up because it's been up there for a while. It's June of 2021 that they published it. And it says, uh, NASA's search for life, astrobiology in the solar system and beyond. And the first sentence is, are we alone in the universe? So far, the only life we know of is right here on Earth. 
But here at NASA, we're looking. <laughs> so they're, they're, yeah. they're like, yeah, we're, we're your guys. Don't worry. Everything's fine. We're, we're going to find some bacteria on a planet somewhere. Because they, 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 they're telling academia and all the media, they're informing them that we are the only planet in the universe with life of any kind. This is astounding to me. That's a joke. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah. Exactly. And look, go ahead, Abby. Okay, I want to I want to share something that Jock was talking about um, in terms of blueprint. So I've done some work on blueprint. Um, I saw a crystalline a crystalline planet. So these were crystalline beings, and they were. Um, I, I saw one walking from behind, and you could only really tell they're crystalline because every so often a, a light, a little fractal, might come off of them. And this, and so it kind of made a form and then it turned and the minute it turned, then it could, it put a human face on it. So I could see, so this could literally project anything that you needed it to project. Mm. So what they were doing on this, on this space was there were just like Jock was saying, there were groups of beings and there were these pools. Okay. So what I saw was a rectangle and they were coming and gathering around, um, and they were looking down at this pool and they were what I, I witnessed, they were building a, a planet. And so they were conversing over, because again, these were all blueprint beings. They had access to it and they were discussing what type of dirt are we going to put in there? What type of soil, what type of plants, what type of beings? And, and they were playing trial and error, literally like putting it down and watching and seeing how it could be. They also showed that that is also, um, you know, people here on, on planet Earth where they're having these, um, like, this person popped up out of nowhere, and then they just disappeared. They also, at this place, had had abilities to do that as well. They could essentially, like, and then scan to go to any spot, and they could themselves go down into this little portal and show and be somebody, whoever they need to be for a moment, and pop right back out. And so I don't know if this would be look like timeline manipulation in order to help things go forward, but they had these same beings have the ability to do that as well. Right. And it, go ahead, Jack. Well, well, Vanessa was saying that her guides are telling her, her Pleiadian guides are telling her that the universe, the, the source is... Um, experimenting and therefore that the universe is play so that makes it makes sense to me that creative beings exist in other words beings who are interested in building a planet just like we would build anything uh that we would do in an artistic way as humans um here on on, on earth it's just an it's it's playful. It's it's everything's an experiment. It's like, does this work? Let's see if it works, and then let's 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 build another thing around the thing we just built to see if those two things will work together. And so, you know, this idea of the universe as play is so key to me because I get too serious, like really too serious about everything, and I need to keep reminding myself that it's all an experiment. We're all here to just we're it's all a big party basically. Right. That's what um, Ivan Teller said. He said, uh, you know, everyone's down here complaining, but uh, so certain ETs look at Earth like Disneyland, you know, because <laughs> uh, we can do so much here that we can't do anywhere else. And yeah. like, we just need to appreciate the human experience while we're here and mm. endure the hardships and, and learn from it and grow from it. Um, 
So I want to go, you know, we're talking about this portal system. You know, I wonder how much of the portal system is engineered. I'm sure all of it. And it, it's not just on Earth. There's a natural portal system, but obviously the planets are connected. And um, Tony, when you guys were in the programs, were you going through portals ever? Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, a lot of them, there are natural portals and there, the, there are artificial ones, but they were limited. They took a great deal of power to make. So you, you couldn't just, you know what I mean, plug, get the portal maker and plug it into your wall and go out to the moon. Mm -hmm. It took a great deal of power. And in fact, they were limited. The ships were limited by power output. So the more power the ship could generate, the farther the portal could go in distance and in time and, you know, in the future, in the past. So you couldn't go to a million BC with a ship that only could go a few thousand light years or the portal with a with a certain amount of output power so that was that was kind of the system that i worked in so our ship made portals and then they used natural portals to kind of piggyback and go farther so there and most natural portals the ones that occur in space that the ships use are have a blockade some form of blockade around them so you can't just fly up to it and go i want to say this real quick and i'm kind of blown away this whole uh, episode. It's not what I expected. Jock, I can't wait to hang out with you in Grafton because you guys are literally talking about the subject matter that I thought I kept secret for the last seven years of my next book it was where I worked in a crew. We built a star in the M51 galaxy. And that's what I was laced out to do. That's the entire book. And I told people, you know what I mean? Like I went on the record back in 2015 about it, but that Jackie knows the story and very few people because I thought nobody's going to believe this. I thought if I go on, a, a, you know, and, and besides the way that it was a, another dilation inside the 20 years, I thought this is way, way too confusing. I'm going to lose people. But I literally worked 10 years on a crew building a star. Um, and that's what the entire of my book is about. Like, that's what the whole book is about. Look at Jack yeah. going crazy. <laughs> I could see. Yeah, well, he, I, I hope I wasn't looking rude when he was talking. I was going, what? Because <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to sound like I was I didn't want to appear, but I was like blown away. Like, wait a minute. You know, and you were talking about other people, and there's been some corroborating evidence behind the book. So it's really why I decided to go ahead with it. But I didn't know that other people were already talking about the subject matter. So it was a company that occupied the, most of that galaxy. And the closest word that they would um, translate to would be the Bureau. And they built rings and stars and planets. And it was what they did. And so stars and planets are naturally occurring. It's a natural process, just the way it is. But you still, you know, they're not all habitable. So people want it. They want stars. And in certain galaxies, star formation is very low versus, you know, like our a good spiral, a, a well, um, a, a mid-sized spiral or barred galaxy has a great deal of star, natural occurring star formation. But a, a elliptical galaxy doesn't. And those are the places that they tend to go build artificial macro objects. And that's wow. what we were. So because... The star formation, you know, the galaxy is basically going to fizzle out faster than a spiral galaxy. So that's where all that's happening. And they needed, they got behind and they needed uh, labor. So they came and made a deal and the series colony profited on technology and traded us. And uh, um, that's what happened. So wow. read, read the next book. I can't, I honestly, I, I um, can't believe that this is getting teed up like this. I wasn't going to talk. I wasn't even going to share it. Now I've got to change the whole <laughs> presentation in Grafton because I wasn't I was just going to remark oh by the way here's my book you know I got both books for sale out on the table but um 
you know, I can't wait to hang out and pick your brain, Jock, off camera. Well, I think the that for for Tyler and Aaron's audience, um, you, you know, anyone who wants to read about Elena Danan's uh, contact Thorhan and his talking about building a sun, um, and you know, it's it sounds like a fun thing the way he talks about it or the way she says he talks about it. Anyone can find that that PDF online. So literally, any person on the planet can go read that stuff about building a sun. So go go get that. Go grab it. So, go find it. <laughs> so I have, haven't done that, but um, I want to say this. I met Elena Denon in Orlando and privately talked to her about that. And uh, there's a symbol. So we had a patch. Like I was on a crew and we had a patch that we wore. And I've been drawing it since I was a little kid all the time. Like I've got I've, like thousands of times there's a symbol and the symbol starts out, and then as you graduate, as you graduate to the next part in the program, the symbol slightly changes. And she knew the early versions of it. I showed her that she said, No, no, it goes like this. And so it's going to be in between all the chapters of the book, is I've already have an artist drawing the symbol out. And it's the patch for the program. So awesome. what I'm saying is there was corroborating evidence. I was like, it blew my mind because you know, Elena's got her own information, she's her own person. And so I never really you know, confirmed or I don't like to confirm or deny anybody else. You guys all, everyone do their own thing. I do my own thing. It's that's it. But she kind of, when she knew that, and I knew that, and I had never told a soul about those symbols, mm. she drew them accurately. So they're in the book. That's all going to be. You're talking about a patch from the mission where you were building the star. Yes. Okay. I see. I see. The star maker program. Yeah. Um, well, look at, look at this. This is, this is wild that um, you had no idea Jack was, that was his subject matter. So this is, this is interesting. And I think what's happening right now, uh, because I've noticed more and more people talking about this, uh, you know, building the planets and stars. I feel like collectively right now um, we're ready for this information, the collective consciousness. We're ready for it. I, even two years ago, maybe if you tried to bring these concepts out, maybe we weren't quite there yet. So I feel like, it's going to keep getting crazier and sounding crazier as we, until we just realize that like everything and anything is possible. Yeah. I'm a little shocked to be honest. And this <laughs> stuff that I, like I said, I just, it was back burner because there's enough of what happened on series colony to always talk about. Like there's enough in the organic 20 mm -hmm. years in the nature of the book to, that you know, I didn't want to just kind of cloud up the waters of trying to explain because people already get lost when they go, well, where were you? You know, you were traveling time. Like, right. you, but where were your parents? So you no. lose people. So I just never really did it. And then series colony did so good. So I thought, you know, screw it. I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story. And right. I was that's, just going to cliff note it, but that's great. Um, well, yeah. um, you know, Tesla did talk about building planets as, as our greatest achievement someday in the future, but he didn't talk about building suns. So it's kind of cool that uh, in a way uh, your book will, will make a big splash. I think in the real scientific community, the one with the evidence and the and the corroborating well, testimonials. And because it's, you know, if you're building a sun, that's one step beyond what Tesla was talking about. Fantastic, you know? Well, so the thing that I'm worried, well, I'm not worried about, I can't, I can't wait to see scientific community read some of the book or get some of the info, because what I remember is that they layered different elements in a different uh, order. So they were trying to get us, so the lifespan of a star when it ignites, it's, you know, I think about it like it's got its threshold in the first couple hundred thousand years. It's very, um, what do you call it, uh, chaotic. So if they put a ring or a structure next to it to live off the energy that it gives off, 
you know, it, it expands and contracts quickly in the first few hundred thousand years. It's chaotic. So they were layering elements in the star. That's why they were building it. So so that they because the they had built other stars and they can't use them for half a million years because it's unstable. So they were trying. That was the star that we work on. They were layering elements in it to try to make it stable right out of the gate. Yeah. And so that ran the project behind. They were actually bringing material in from elsewhere. <laughs> and we had to test what we were throwing into the gravity well and see what elements it was. Because you'd go out and have a list like this is what we're putting in today, you know, for the next month. And we'd throw, we'd use mass drivers and threw it in. Oh, no, long story. I wasn't going to talk about the book on Journey to Truth, damn it. <laughs> well, no, you know what? This is all, I'm completely compelled by this. This is it's very fascinating to me. And I want to hear more about it, but I want to also get to everyone else. And I want—I kind of want to go back to the portal system. And uh, Jessica, you remote viewed some portals. You even discovered a portal, sent some some of your investigators through, and they disappeared and came back. Um, how many of these portals you you encounter do you think are natural, and how many do you, do you think are government made or even weaponized? Yeah, that's an interesting question because you know my team wonders the same thing, and we have looked into some of them uh I, I i tend to think that the portal that my team encountered was not natural um i do believe there may be an underground base around there somewhere but uh, i'm i'm not 100 sure um we did have uh something that we consider to be a portal show up in the field during one of our um research i guess a week research weekend out in the field and uh and when it showed up we didn't know what it was uh the team that that spotted it through their thermals and the, uh, their thermal in, imaging cameras and their FLIR they sent some other guys to, across the field to go check it out and uh and as they walked up to it they disappeared their heat signatures disappeared and uh and the way they describe it is that the entire environment changed uh the vegetation on the ground went from you know brushy to smooth uh, it, it felt like walking through a black velvet curtain and the temperature changed, the stars disappeared, you know, and they didn't even know they were inside of a pool. They didn't know where they were, what they were doing. They just had walked over to a, a spot in an open field, you know, and uh, and so they walked backwards kind of out of it and they reappeared. Um, and so it's really interesting. We have not released all that footage to the public yet, but the head of my team shows it at conferences sometimes. And um yeah, it's it's really interesting. And then remote viewing uh, these portals, you know, Barry tasked me with the weaponized portals, um, Earth's natural portals, and I immediately was on the sun. I was remote viewing the sun uh, right off the bat when I when I went into that target. So, um, which is not Earth, by the way, if y'all know. <laughs> so, um, I, it's 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 really interesting. I don't know. Portals come up quite a bit in a lot of my data. Um, you know, I from time to time will will remote view properties that are haunted or have Bigfoots on them or some kind of dogman or some kind of some kind of cryptid. And uh, when I do that, there's often portals there. Um, portals come up very often when I'm remote viewing uh, anything that's paranormal or uh, cryptid related. It seems like that's how the cryptids get around. Um, at least some of them, yeah. not the ones that escape from the the labs under, you know, Dulce, but yeah. uh, well, that happens too. Now I um, see when I came out with my, my data or not just my data, let's just say I came out with my um, research. I was like guns blazing. You know, I think Bigfoots can be interdimensional. You know, they disappear right before our eyes. You know, there's something more supernatural to a lot of these cryptids than a lot of people wanted to admit. 
especially, uh, you know, even, even a year or two ago, a lot of people didn't want to admit that cryptids, especially Bigfoot, could be supernatural in any way. And I, I really um, love quantum, the quantum Bigfoot, the book by Ron Moorhead. He really gets into to how it, it can be quantum, supernatural, you know, uh, by our standards. So, um, yeah, I think that a lot more people with me coming out with my research and talking about it more, um, I think it's opened up a lot of other people to talk about it and we don't all sound so crazy anymore. You know, um, I stick by my research, you know, I, I don't, I don't talk about things to fit in, you know, with other people's stuff. I'm kind of out here just doing my thing, uh, talking about what I've experienced. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, to say the least. Now, Barry, why did you task her with the sun in that particular occasion? Well, it was the weaponizing of portals, because I've been hearing a lot of scientists talking about they're beyond trying to prove if portals exist. They're trying to, you know, find out how now to actually control them and weaponize them. And also, during my experiences, I've been on something similar to what Tony was talking about, a, a ship that can actually generate its own warm wormholes, its own portals, and then actually choose the one that has the most path of coherency to travel in. And it's in a universal structure, but I think this is dealing more with the organic and how they're doing that. You know, it kind of blows me away to hear what everybody's talking about here. So in that way, the natural and also um, weaponized and ones that are, you know, almost demonic portals, these things that are, that all fascinates me. So that's one of the reasons I have to ask her for that. And I find it interesting. Like I remember, um, Tony, you saying something about a portal just outside of Jupiter. And one of my experiences, these, whatever beings they were from the Andromeda area, they were showing me a Magellanic cloud that had a portal in it that the exit point was just outside of Jupiter. Just like you were saying. So I find that, you know, interesting. And that's why I'm always looking for these correlations of, things are just things we can pull this tapestry together you know right if, if that answers your question and yeah. one other thing is the um this between the sun and the earth the magnetic fields are these electron diffusion regions or what they're called and like every few minutes there's almost a doorway that opens up and they've actually nasa's been talking about that so it's things like this that you know i think is the next step for us as a civilization trying to master and understand right I I, I did um I did a remote viewing on the sun um once and what I got from that I would just love to hear your hear what you guys have to say about this um it's a huge uh record keeper that there are stored records of everything on the sun and when I went there I, I actually I, I saw people walking around but where I where I went to there were these two guards and I, I went back behind this like hidden door in um into this place and when i got in there it was it was almost like being into the akashic records i felt almost i had stumbled upon um but i would just love to hear what you guys say think about what you've seen with the sun being a master record keeper for everything um be before we get into that really quick guys um while we're on abby if you guys missed the beginning abby is giving away a free session at the conference and I'll let Abby explain once again what she's going to be giving away. But if you want to win a free session with Abby, email us the, uh, your name and your phone number and the, under the subject Abby, and you will be entered in to win. And can you really briefly explain, Abby, what uh, you're going to be offering again? <laughs> sure. Um, it'll, it'll be an hour long session and it'll be a mixture of energy healing and then just a reading. But honestly, 
with my sessions, especially at, at these conferences, we just get in there and we open up and we see what's going to come come out. Um, channeling memories, uh, I can get into the Akashic. So whatever your soul is ready to experience, what it's needing to hear for healing is going to come through in that time together. So we really just open up a doorway and we walk through it together. Yeah, I, and I've had a, a few sessions with Abby and uh, A+. plus. It's awesome. She does great work. I highly recommend it. And if you guys missed the beginning also, uh, it looks like we are add, adding Margie K to the lineup of speakers. If you guys haven't seen the episode with her, it was just a few episodes ago. Uh, everyone loved it. Uh, she's fantastic. And we're squeezing her into the lineup. It's not 100% certain, but I'm confident enough to say that we're, 90. we are. Yeah. 90%. <laughs> we just have to work out a few little uh, logistical kinks. And, uh, but I just wanted to announce that in case you missed it at the beginning. Um, and also, uh, yeah. So what, what did you ask Abby about the, uh, the Akashic records being in the, in the sun? Well, no, I, I, I don't, I don't feel it's the Akashic. It's it like the Akashic, Akashic like, but it's just, it would massive amounts of records are stored within the sun. And I would just love to hear if you guys have experienced that or resonate with that. Um, so go ahead, Barry. No, go ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. No, I don't have the answer to that. I was going <laughs> to, oh, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I, what, I, what I know of this and would be the actual Akashic, and this is what I'll be talking about at the conference during my presentation. The Akashic records themselves are actually these Makos, these magnetically eternally collapsing objects, which are black holes as we know it. And um, how that actually, they're the hard drives of the universe. But when dealing with the sun itself, and sometimes we see these cold spots, these black spots, I believe those are Makos, okay, so that would go into what you're saying of them also being a hard drive, consciously storing things from the universe itself. Fascinating concept, but I think it's not again the separate things that we think, and the the sun is full of the, full of those 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 makos, just like Earth is. So it's like constantly being updated with a, like conscious. It's conscious. Everything's intelligent, right? So it's constantly being like automatically updated every instant is what you're saying mm -hmm. yeah like the makos themselves are like inside of what we call the accretion disk disk of a black hole is actually everything of the universe is being recorded the same as like the quantum hologram thing kind of and that's so that's that's part of that's how so that's a constant updating and if you're going to the inside of the mako that's going to be the beginning of the universe to the outside to where we are now you know what i mean right. and think of that looking similar to the accretion disk but it's inside wrapping around information there. It's fascinating. That's what, you know, the data that they're finding from the observatories are saying. So, right. Yeah. I want to talk about timelines a little bit um, because I think this, it's actually important and it gets confusing. I, obviously we're talking about other universes and building planets and, and, you know, portals and Akashic records. Now, now we're going to go to uh, timelines, but I think it's important. So like when you're, this is something I always wonder about when Jessica, when you're remote viewing, I wonder, like, sometimes, how do you know you're remote viewing this timeline? Um, when you go to another, through a portal, how do you know you're still in the same timeline? Tony, like, in the in the programs, you know, we hear about, like, um, there's a timeline out there where Earth was destroyed, or uh, there was a cobalt bomb that went off in 1949, or whatever the, the date was. Obviously, 
um, there's different timelines and people are, this is a timeline war. And that's what all these organizations on the planet right now are doing. They're trying to, all their agendas are to promote their timeline, to push their timeline because it's a temporal war. So I'm really interested to know what you guys think about that. Um, maybe Jessica, have you even considered the possibility that when you remote view, you're tapping into another timeline? Yeah. You know, that's so interesting. I, I've not really thought about that because I I was unaware of, I guess, like, I think I kind of knew, like, we were all doing this timeline. That, I'm just learning about this over the past couple of years, okay? Um, but, yeah, no, I, um, you know, whatever my target is, most of my target, they're, they're blind targets, and I'm tasked these targets by other people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just I'm just looking at stuff that um, that people ask me to look into. So I don't know. That's That's a great question that I don't have an answer for. <laughs> I'll tell you what, technically, when we, we talked about the Trappist one thing, when mm -hmm. you looked at that, I think you were also dealing with like maybe perhaps a different timeline than what Buddy Bolton was seeing with Linda Moulton Howe. I think what you were seeing was more current than what he was seeing. You know what I mean? So I think that's dealing with that. Maybe what you're saying a little bit, Tyler, that makes sense. Right. Or, or even dimensions. Like sometimes you don't even know, you might not know if you're even remote viewing this dimension. So somebody could be like, yeah, I'm remote viewing a giant in Antarctica. And then you send boots on the ground, they go there, no giant. Well, what if it's there, but it's just outside the visible spectrum? So in another dimension. So that's why it's so hard to even like say someone else is wrong or debunk someone else's information uh, because we, we just can't wrap our heads around the complexity and the depth of what's actually taking place in our reality. Things can be cloaked as well. There's cloaking technology. Right. Right. So, so uh, Tony, have you experienced any anything to that regard in that nature? Um, there were there were um, civilizations that could fly through solid objects, so they didn't know how they did it. So Ceres Colony Corp wanted that text super bad and because it was uh in a military from a military standpoint almost unstoppable like you couldn't wage war against somebody that had the tech to phase out and go through solid objects and they knew this so um the technology was there to go through solid objects and i think that's kind of more along the line of slightly phasing out of our current reality so that's a tech that's there i don't i didn't know you know what i mean like that's just something that I wasn't privy to we you know I'm basically giving you guys water cooler talk when I talk about that stuff it's like I they didn't tell me I was a low I was on a need to know I was a very low need to know guy um but as far as timelines whenever they manipulated timelines um I don't remember exactly the rule about it but kind of like you know uh, a fish can only deal with what's in the water kind of thing and our timeline that we're in you have a certain like a fingerprint, like an energetic signature that binds you to this timeline. So other timelines that happen, like the remote viewing is a different thing because you go outside of time space. But as far as like physically going to another timeline and participating, I, I was under the impression that that was impossible, that you you would go to another timeline and you would just break apart. Like energetically, you wouldn't you couldn't survive in it. It's like a fish in a different environment. So mm. that's what they told us. And the other thing was that, you know, everybody thinks there's a billions of timelines that there's all going on. That wasn't what I was told in that time either, that there was one timeline and you can paradox, you could change it 
and everything instantly changes on the singular timeline. So there are different ones when they change it, but it's the main flow um, of, of timeline. But by and large, I think that we as humans in you know the world today are not built to think about time correctly. Like, I don't think that we have the capacity to properly think about the mechanics of time. Right. Uh, we're just, we're just, we're inside the Petri dish. So we can't even look outside of it. So that's, that's whenever you talk about you, everybody believes everything always very open-minded spirituality, reincarnation, UFOs, time travel, you lose, you lose the, you you get a glazed stare because most people just can't think about it. I've, so, I've so. noticed that's what the most objections I've seen to this SSP stuff is the whole 20 and back information like a lot of people can't comprehend how you could spend 20 years be age regressed and brought back to the point that you were taken like they're like wait wouldn't you have been missing for 20 years didn't were your parents looking for you wait didn't that affect the timeline when that happened like didn't me it too a whole new timeline like people have like how, how is that possible you know dude i'm still working on it like i still like just this week i've i've got a saw so i've got a vr like a software thing that i'm using to build software with here my new endeavor and so I said, I'm going to do my own timeline, which I always recommend to people do. And I started really building it out and looking at it like in a 3D environment. And uh, it's hard. It's hard. Do you know what I mean? Like I look down and you can look. The other thing that's hard on my personal timeline is I look and look down at the end and say, well, the it ends. I'm closer to the end than the beginning <laughs> now. So, right. you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm looking at. But um, when you think about when you do the timeline and and how everything worked out, there's definitely a lot of things. I I think it happens to everybody, and we don't realize it, that things happen in your life cyclically, over time, over right. and over again. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, like you get you get caught into emotional things that happen. Five years later, the same damn thing happens in a different package. You know what I'm saying? Like it was red. It was in a red package last time. Now it's in a blue package. Same thing. And then five years that, from now, it's going to happen. I think that's like almost like a test too for your soul. It's like your evolution. Okay, here's the same test again. Are you going to make the same mistake again? You have an opportunity to approach this differently. Um, Abby, I know you wanted to say something. Jeez, yeah, I can see your light bulb going yeah. off. <laughs> so go ahead, Abby. <laughs> no, so there's a couple of things, but I wanted to say uh, with Tony about time. I've, I've had, and I'm sure every single person here it's like a fleeting moment where everything makes sense and you understand how time works. And then the very next second, it is just gone. I, I've had that. So and it, I almost get like a panicky feeling. And I was getting down about how, you know, time moves like this, but it actually like moves like this and then it spirals outside of that. And, um, and it just clicked. And then the next minute it was completely gone. I, could, I couldn't make sense of anything again. oriented. But I want to talk about with, so I know a few people that are that are doing time jumps right now. They've been doing them for a couple of years. Um, they're they're jumping to their future self, and um, you know they're they're hearing a song, and all of a sudden they're 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 start singing the song in their head, and it's like a it's like a suction. It's like a and they're being pulled towards their future self, and they're living their life. And they're seeing their kids and their spouse and their house. And then it's a, and they get sucked back and they're back in their room again. And they're, uh, and they're a child. And, you know, I've, I've talked with people that, you know, even when, when they were younger, when they were toddlers, they, they would feel again, it's, it's like being sucked into a tube and then coming back. And then the panicked feeling of, 
wait, why am I eight years old again? Wait, wait, why am I back in my childhood room again? And they don't understand why it's happening or um, when it's going to happen. And I, I know another person that they were out for a run, just on a running track. And as they're running, they, they felt that suction pull and then every single thing around them in their environment turned into the, it, was, it looked like the 1700s and they're in a, a war scene. And these soldiers started interacting with them. They're looking at them with like this one soldier. He, he was frozen because he was so shocked at seeing this person because they didn't fit. And then another soldier said, you can't be here. You can't be here. And this nurse came and started dragging them away. And this person's like, wait, wait, like I shouldn't be here. I, I can't go with you. And then they felt whoop, like again, like that suctioned out. And they were put back almost a thousand feet behind on the running track where they had started from. And it actually wow. took them, it took them about three days for that memory to come back into their, their brain because it took them that long to, to interpret everything that had happened to them. So wow. it, it's interesting, but again, but everything that I've heard from different people is it's that suctioned feeling of being moved through time. You know, it's interesting. You brought up your future self. Um, this is something that I don't think we consider enough is connecting with you know everyone's connecting with their higher selves or ets but what about your future self this was a concept concept that was uh, brought to my attention a few years ago uh through a session and they were like you should have you tried connecting with your future self and asking your future self for guidance and i was like no i never thought about doing that so even like during my meditations now sometimes i'll do that like when i'm like stuck or i don't know what to do like you call in that future version of yourself. Um, it's just really interesting concept that you're explaining these people were going and experiencing their future and coming back. Uh, I don't think enough, maybe people do think about that, but it's something that really wasn't, I wasn't aware of. I just think it's interesting that it's happening around this time period for a couple of people. You know, why, why is their future self coming back into this moment for them? So, right. You know, a lot of times during the contact experience, some of these beings that we're encountering are us from the future. It's mm -hmm. hard to accept that at sometimes, you know, but sometimes you wonder why certain beings are interested in you, and especially on the collective level that they do it, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, and some of these beings that are coming here are, are, are you. That's it's what not, I know, think you yeah, mean. Yeah it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a parallel. It's another version of, your, of yourself. Yeah, you guys are baking my brain over here. Like I said, it's you can't. I'm not built to think about time. <laughs> like, like this Captain is my Jane thinking. Lake. This is <laughs> all the thinking I do. And then, so you're doing this other stuff. I'm like, well, I mean, it's well, a, go ahead. Time is an illusion. It doesn't actually. It's it's an experience we're having, but it, all that exists is the now moment. Um, so it's really an illusion. So it's almost like. It's like we're experiencing it linearly, but if you get outside of time, you just see the whole thing. It's yeah. like an object. Right. right. That's that's what I was thinking recently about um, when I was trying to visualize time because I kept hearing time is an illusion from some people and other people saying, no, time's not an illusion. And I thought, how do I how do I graph this? So like how do I geometrically look at it in my head? So I just did a really simple graph of uh, an X and a Y. So you had the, the vertical 
or the horizontal timeline that the way we would normally think of it. And uh, so I made up something called vertical time, which is just the vertical uh, um, axis allows you to skip along and see that everything is happening or, or can't, you, you could look at it as everything's happening at once. In mm -hmm. other words, because we can view it, we can view all of time from the vertical axis once we as Aaron was saying once we get outside of time then we can view it from from up here and we can go oh it's all happening it's all happening now so then that, that's why people say that um, time doesn't exist because it's all happening now but then when we come back to the to the horizontal axis then we go oh now we're back in and it is things are growing there are seasons and and then you do have the cyclical thing coming back in so it probably is um uh, horizontal thing, but it's it's doing what galaxies are doing and suns are doing, and they're just spiraling along in a helical way, like the nautilus shell or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me, actually. And I don't like, I think like the past life regression concept, like in the reincarnation, some people say the reincarnation cycle doesn't exist because time doesn't exist. So everything's now or mm -hmm. like a past life regression, you're actually just not really going into a past life, but it's just a, like a parallel life. It's a parallel life. It's yeah, it's all happening it. simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even if like, if so let's just say um, I transition, I die a transition, I could technically go back to a point on the timeline that might be ancient Egypt, even though in this lifetime, we've already done it. But you could technically go back and do it because it's still... It not really going back. Does that make any sense? Do, yeah. Or do I just sound crazy? No, it's like a big choose your own adventure book. Sound crazy. It's a, it, no, it's just like a book. You're born. There's only so many outcomes that you can do in your organic life. You get to choose your own adventure and then it's going to end. But it's basically in a book. And so I've always wondered this, like, what if what if I live my life and then somebody else can live it too and do different things in the same timeline? because it can just keep going it's like a choose your own adventure book right it works just like that so that, so your next book should be the cho a choose your own adventure book yeah. my next book is yes. going to be the tell all <laughs> um uh so i don't know how long i don't want to keep you guys all night um this is extremely fascinating i do want to get into the concept of sasquatch one last time uh before we um move on from here just because the area we're going to um is said to be quote hotspot um abby had some experiences not just abby but the number of people were connecting and communicating with them uh they even have signs on the property like please uh, be like yeah. bigfoot do not litter they have like this uh bigfoot like statue thing uh the whole area the the setting is perfectly <sighs> fitting for or what you would call squatchy say that that blows <laughs> me away to hear you say that right now why is that? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but oh, really, that took it to the next level. And I'll tell you why. I've been discussing this with Jessica. Okay. On my Patreon channel, I've got like on YouTube, I've got like 17 videos about Sasquatch. But on Patreon, I've probably got like 15 that have never been on YouTube. And I kept getting pushed by spirit. And I know it's them, the Sasquatch people pushing me to release these once a week. So I've been doing that. And I'll do it all the way until they wear out. And they'll wear out right about the time of the conference. And now you're saying that that's a hot spot. That's just, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, just <laughs> yeah. th th there are no th these synchronicities that happen with this whole thing. It's it's beautiful. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's, 
Wow. That, you're Amazing. not interrupting me because I wanted you guys to chime in oh, on that. Thank you. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow. Um, Aaron, you're reading the books right now, aren't you? This I was. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. So I just got this book series called um, The Sasquatch Message to Humanity. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. Uh, it's written by a guy that goes by Sunbow. Um, they're incredible. I highly, highly recommend these books. Um, it's basically... So, Hold on, let me go back to the, I have it pulled up on Amazon. So this guy named Sunbow, he received and transcribed these messages from an elder Sasquatch named Camus in 2015 while in British Columbia. And he said the Sasquatch asked him to disseminate this information. And he wrote three, he has three books. Um, and they're incredible. It's, it's like the whole history of our planet, of them, of who we really are, of like everything. It's like everything. Mm-hmm. so it's incredible um it's called the sasquatch message to humanity and there's books one two and three you can get them on amazon right that's I, awesome. I recommend those books yeah i have to put those on my list um so i feel like um you know i don't know what to expect and i'm not telling people that we're gonna see a sasquatch but even if you go onto the website i kind of jokingly put as one of the speakers sasquatch first time or ex- appearance so uh, just trying to create that energy. And like what I like to do, I used to do this before I went went to ESETI, start connecting to them now, like start letting them, like trying to reach out, connect with them and let them know you're going to be there. And uh, you might, who knows what might happen. Like last year I had um, a crystal from my room end up in my car. It was a really weird uh, thing. It was it blew my mind. I, I still can't wrap my head around how that happened. I know I know I brought it into my room and I lo- I thought I lost it and then it was in my car when I went out to my car. So I don't know how that happens. Either way, um that's I know um you remote view. Were you gonna say something, Barry? I, I'm just picking this up and that everyone should check out you guys' video over what is it? Uh, Sasquatch, oh my, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> the, the, the mind, the crystal mind. Yeah, the board camp crystal oh, board mind camp. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I it, I forgot what I titled it, like aliens, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, oh my, or, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, Orville. Anyway, yeah, go check that out. But as far as like Jessica, I I know you're a field investigator, a field researcher. Uh, like what type of things do you look for in particular? Are you looking for like the physical evidence or are you like trying to connect with them energetically or both? All of it. Absolutely. And uh, as a matter of fact, there's a very well-known Sasquatch type creature up there called the Grafton monster. And, uh, and I've, I've actually had people ask me to remote view that before. So uh, really? it's really, yeah, it's really cool that we're going to be up there in Grafton. Um yeah, I, I go out looking for evidence, of course, but, you know, I'm a remote viewer. I'm a person who likes to experience these things, uh, the, the beings out there. I don't take all that equipment. I'm what somebody called, uh, I think it was this week, they called it low tech. I'm low tech. You can tell, you can tell by me having trouble getting on Zoom today. I'm low tech. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's, um, it's more of an experience kind of thing. And yes, we do connect with the beings that are out there before we go. They know we're going to come out to where we research and um, before we get there. And, uh, and sometimes they come to me in, even in my house. Okay. So um, it's all a matter. It's, it's all energetic. It's very energetic. Uh, so yeah, uh, we do, we do get the evidence and all that kind of stuff, but at this point we've been doing it for so long. We know the Bigfoots are out there. We know the ETs are out there. We, we you know, we're, 
we're kind of more into like trying to find the portals and things like that now, you know, and um, I'm, I'm not going to say we graduated from Bigfoot on my teams, but, um, but we, we just, we have, there's a lot more out there. Uh, but yeah, we, we do connect on an energetic level before we even get out in the field. I think that's huge. I think that's it's huge. crucial. It is and probably part of the reason you're successful. Um, if, if you go out there with a gun trying to hunt them and kill them for evidence to show the science community, hey, they exist, you're never going to see one. They know. Even if, even if you don't have a gun, if you if you just don't have the right intentions or right mindset. They know you're you, yeah. could, you could have a gun and have good intentions. I mean, sometimes you have to, or the that. places we go are very, very dangerous. And, uh, and so some people, you know, occasionally we do need to protect ourselves, but not, not to harm any Sasquatch, whatever. And they'll know uh, that as well. Like, if, yeah, but right. they know that they know right. the intentions. It's all, it's all energetic very much. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Abby, I know you, uh, I know you want to chime in on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> She's dying. Um, so when we were grafting, I did a little hike and, uh, I just started out and just allowed intuition and spirit just to lead it, guide it. And it was really interesting because I, I just saw a very teeny tiny little opening within, Oh, my ears getting blown up, um, within the grass. And so I just followed that. And then all of a sudden we noticed that all of these purple flowers were in an area out of nowhere, um, growing nowhere else in the whole hike. And we just stopped and, and I just had an overwhelming feeling of, this is their this is their special place. It's almost like a, a reflection place where they just sit and, and be alone with their thoughts. And I began to look around and you could see the trees were all bent. They had been bent over into this circle space. And actually one of the trees, I have pictures of them, um, had a little indent where, where one might perhaps rest their um, tushy. <laughs> um, but yes, so they absolutely, um, you know, I, I did a, a vortex soar in Asheville and the minute we got into the woods, I instantly felt five, five of them, it, you know, it's so funny. It just hits you. It, the mind speak, it just hits you. There's five of them here and they were vetting, instantly vetting us because we're coming into their space, their territory. And, you know, so many people think all oh, these really big beings, they have families and they have kids too. So they're going to be very protective of their children as well. Um, but they're vetting you. So you have to be in the right, um, gosh, I don't like the word have to, but the, it's the heart space, you know, your intention, why you're there, why you're wanting to communicate with them. Um, and in your right, if, if you're not there, you're never going to see them. It, it's and they feel you, they're very telepathic. So if you're there with the right intentions and you're already reaching out and you're building that bridge with them, you're probably going to feel, feel them, you feel them before you ever see them. Right. And, and right. something else to note is that um, they're only going to show up if they want to show up, if they want to show themselves to you. It's, it's not the other way around. You don't get to decide whether you're going to see one or not. You know, um, That's why attempting to connect with them beforehand is so huge because you can ask their permission. You can, you can mm -hmm. connect in yeah. love to them and then they'll be like, okay, this person made an effort to connect on a heart level, you know, and ask right. permission. That's so huge. Tony, are there, oh, go ahead. It, it took me years to accept the first time I went to speak at that ranch in Washington that two weeks before going there, I started just obsessing about looking up albino Sasquatch. And I mean, I was on Thinker Thunker, all that stuff. I didn't recognize that as telepathy and communication, but that shows how much they can also anticipate the future. Very fascinating creatures. Right. Uh, yeah. Tony, are there Sasquatch in space? Absolutely. 
Yeah. I don't think they're indigenous. I think they're ET. And so mm-hmm. everybody that sees a moose in the woods, they say, and then they describe it. They say, we saw a moose. It was at the tree line. And then it ran off. Everybody that sees a Sasquatch says, we saw a Sasquatch at the tree line. And it disappeared. They never say it ran off. They right. say it disappeared. All of them. So, right. and then uh, most of the sightings tech, uh, statistically are not in the deep woods, but they're in more rural areas around neighborhoods and out in the swamp next to the neighborhood. When I was a kid, there was a bunch of sightings in our neighborhood. And like a few weeks before that, there was a storm that came through and there was a forest where all the trees got pushed over and we were climbing up in them. You could walk up in them and you could see in the, in the neighborhood. And then boom, there was like Bigfoot sightings all over the place. And then fast forward to recently, I was watching some show and they were like, yep, we find trees, trees pushed into other trees so that's a triangle you can walk up it and that's what so when i was a kid that happened in a forest near us and you know whatever that's my bigfoot knowledge so they do that to to climb it like to walk up it interesting who knows man aliens are weird (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it you know uh by all the evidence that i've seen uh uh in this uh, documentary called Speaking of Sasquatch. It's fantastic. Um, They've got tons of evidence that they left behind. They, the Sasquatch, left behind all this evidence because they're interacting with the people and they're interacting by leaving, you could call them offerings, but to me, it's more like, um, it's just communication. It's playful communication. Speaking of a playful universe, they're they're the epitome of the playful, um, like you say, heart-centered, Tyler. Mm -hmm. Heart-centered, therefore playful. Like children are heart-centered and playful. That's exactly the feeling that I got uh, from 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 what they were talking about in, the, in this uh, documentary, which is a free YouTube documentary. Anybody in your audience can go grab it right now and watch what they say about the the people who interacted with them. What what all the evidence they gathered. The, you can see the pictures that the Sasquatch drew for the people that they knew their friends, their heart friends, you know, in and their playful uh, way of saying certain words that we have, like the word flowers. They were trying to say this word flowers. They like this word flowers and they have a different way of saying it maybe, or, and then these beautiful sketches that they made. Um, and uh, it's, it's so that the evidence for them is there. If people sort of are wondering if it's real or, you know, are they really, do they? and the, the main theme of this documentary was that, they are interdimensional beings from our perspective, but from the Sasquatch perspective, all dimensions are one. Wow. So they move, they move from what we would say from one dimension to another very easily, but for them, it's not, it's just one thing. Right. It's not like just like the frequency, just like the frequency spectrum is one thing, but if you're in part of it, suddenly you go to another part, you're like, oh my God. They're just able to raise their frequency and lower it at will right mm-hmm. right it's not that's like exactly what i think must be happening yeah it's not like they're doing some fancy magic trick and right <laughs> it's just no. a natural way of living Pretty fancy right it's, i mean it is, it to is. us it's fancy but to the, to the fishbowl humans you know as you were talking about earlier you know the we're in that petri dish or that fishbowl so to us it's like wow you know right right uh, does anybody have anything else they'd like to add before we start wrapping this up? And I'm going to go around and give you guys a chance to let the audience know uh, how they can follow you and find you and what you have coming up also. So uh, does anyone want to 
chime in on that before we move on? Eh, time's up. Yeah, I'm going to add this. Um, so something's been coming through a lot for me lately, and it's um, interesting because I've, I've actually been seeing it, and obviously our thoughts manifest, so maybe that's why, but um, sound is coming through so strongly from my, my, my guidance team, um, the beings, how important it, uh, it is for us to start working and moving sound within our body and how we can heal ourselves with sound, our own voice, or, you know, these voice boxes, um, how I was actually, you know, before I do anything, I always ground and I'm, I've been grounding with sound. They've actually been working with me with sound a lot lately, but I was hitting a note and they said, like, hit it, hit it, hit. It. And I kept hitting it, kept hitting it. And I literally saw a uh, purple uh, sphere begin to open on the tile in my bathroom in front of me. So I'll, at any rate, just, just start explore, exploring sound and vibration and that's our, our cells and that's how our cells can alignment. But again, we are, we are our own amazing instruments, these bodies that we have are magical and amazing. So I'm gonna talk about that a little bit too when we're there at the conference. Right. Absolutely. And it's Margie Kay was just talking about portals showing up on walls and stuff. I mean, it's like they can be created anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really interesting. You're talking about a tech that creates portals. You have natural portals, and then we probably just can create them with intention once we get to that level uh, and understanding of how to manipulate energy and frequency and, and do that properly and safely without letting in something negative, which is something you have to be cautious of. Even divination tools like tarot or pendulums, you're opening a mini portal every time you use that stuff, including a Ouija board. And it just depends on the intention behind it, uh, what what can come through. So yeah. practicing the safe protection around that. Like it's interesting that Hollywood demonizes the Ouija board because I feel like it can be used just like a pendulum, just like tarot. Like it can be used. It's a divination tool. It's not good um, or bad. It's a tool. Right. 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 But they deem so many people use it willy nilly and have no idea what they're doing. So it, a lot right. of times people are bringing in demonic entities and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And I know there's people out there that disagree with that. Um, they just say stay away from the Ouija board, which I recommend if you don't know what you're doing. But I digress. So. Um, thank you guys all for joining us. Abby, will you let people know how they can find you and uh, where they can follow you? Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a website. It's Auric Ray. I'm changing it because nobody knows how to spell it. Or <laughs> <laughs> So um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Auric Ray, A-U-R-I-C-R-A-Y. Um, and then you can follow me on socials under Abby Lynn. See, people are uh, flipping out about the Ouija board thing already. <laughs> are they? Oh, the no Ouija board is no good. I it's mean, hey, demonic. It's evil. No, it's not. It's a tool. It's not demonic. Um. Anyway, <laughs> it's a tool. It can be used for good or Well, it's all perspective. Everyone has their own experience with it, and if you believe, right. if you believe that something is evil, then that's exactly how it's going to show then up in your life. It's going to show up that way for you, right? Exactly. I mean, that's just all there is to it. And yeah, um, yeah see, stay away from Ouija boards. <laughs> uh, guys. I'm not promoting them, guys. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, Elena, somebody said, Elena Danan says, so So that's the authority, apparently? Okay. <laughs> right, I digress. Um, you know, all, all I would say is, you know, there was a, a Ouija board that I inherited that was 
my family's for a long time. My siblings are much older than me. But before bringing anything like that from Parker Brothers or whoever was making it back then, make sure you you, you cleanse that thing. Right. You know what I mean? Because you got you got, you got right. sometimes sorcerers over there leaning over those things and hexing those things. That is very real. You right. know, oh, yeah. so make sure you know how to clean up and you'll be good. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, Barry, <laughs> go ahead and let people know how they can find you. Um, I'm under on social media under Barry Littleton. I've got a website, barrylittleton.com. I don't do much on there, um, but there are links on there to social media, especially I'm on a lot of YouTube, on Patreon. I do a little on Facebook too. And that's how you can kind of contact me through there. Check well, out what you. I'm doing. YouTube's thank a you. Thank, thank you. Help. And I didn't include all of your information in the description, but I will put that in there. Or you can go back and find all the episodes with them. But uh, thank you for that. And Jack, how about you? Um, I just wanted to mention real quick that uh, Dan Winter just uploaded a video six days ago called Ultimate Physics of Soul. And you're talking about black holes. And I think that the imagery we have of black holes is um, negative because that's how they've been presented to us by academia. And I think that what, what black holes really are is uh, a, a, they're portals and they're allowing energy in to our universe. So, and, and um, Ken Rolla, in your last interview with him uh, on Journey to Truth, he said that the body's full of little tiny black holes, which I don't think we should be afraid of that, that term. I think we should change the imagery around it. It's, it's, if we think of it as a portal instead of some kind of star sucking demon in the universe, we, then I think that's a better way of ta talking about it. And Dan Winter talks about the soul and about consciousness itself, consciousness being this uh, uh, tornado, this uh, tornado of plasma uh, inside your brain that is being narrowed down to a point by your intention. <clears throat> and from that point, that uh, what he calls the key, uh, the pin, the what's it called, that camera, the pin, pin, um, pinhole, the pinhole camera like that. Once you get to that point, then you can see, then, then your third eye is seeing through that tiny point and you can, you can see everything through a tiny point, but it's like that, that little point is, I think that what he calls impulsive. It's like centripetal force. It's pulling in like the gravity well of the sun. The, uh, Tony, you were talking about the gravity well of the sun. It's all the same thing that there's the gravity well of the earth. It's an impulsive, you know, this is what Dan Winter is saying in many of his videos that it's all about the impulsive force. And that's what's creating from the ether, for instance, for the planet. Well, um, the it's creating the planet that we know of. So I think that, that that black hole idea should be narrowed down or refined to, to a portal for energy. Right. Well, I, and I think that's what it is. Um, back in 2019, when I was in Hawaii for a conference, Dr. Sala actually talked about how the same thing. He said every atom at the center of every atom is a mini portal or a black hole. And uh, he kind of covered that back then. I mean, so this isn't ne necessarily a brand new concept, but it's uh, I definitely think there's something to it. And I think you're right. Can you let people know how they can uh, follow you? Yeah, Um if you go to an American in Bosnia, that's where my articles are. If you go to YouTube, just find uh, my my channel, Jack Doubleday, and you can check out the Artificial Riverbeds playlist and things like that. And then uh, he's also on Facebook too. Um, oh, he yeah. has, um, he's always always posting stuff there that gets uh, pretty shadow banned. But <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Jack. Uh, Jessica? 
you can find me at thecryptedhuntress.com. That's my website. I have a YouTube channel, The Cryptid Huntress. I saw somebody in the chat asking it what my last name is. I forgot to put it up here. It's Jones, <laughs> Jessica Jones. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I also, I have, um, I'm a weekend host at Spaced Out Radio and I sit in for Dave Scott pretty, you know, this week I've sat in for him a couple of nights. So uh, you can find me at Spaced Out Radio uh, every weekend. 10 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday night. And uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. And I've got a Facebook page. Uh, it's Jessica, comma, the Cryptid Huntress. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you. And Tony will skip you. No. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Tony. Um, just real quick in closing, I want to say that the last year saw a lot of the community, truth or community, not just secret space program or abduction or spirituality, it saw a lot of fracture. A lot of people pointing fingers, a lot of agent provocateurs. There's been a lot of bad blood that has boiled up. And it's really heartbreaking because I see friends on both sides. You know, like I've seen people that my friends got attacked by my friends. Mm. And you know, I always wondered how long it was going to be until it happened to me, right? Um, but I just want to say that in the coming year, um, I think everybody should kind of just pause. And we were trained to hate every, the opposite opinion through the whole election cycle for that whole four years, nonstop. Mm-hmm. We were trained. Everybody was subconsciously, subliminally trained to be PO'd. And it boiled mm-hmm. up. It just carried over. So we need to unwind. I think this year is going to be a big year. I personally have been working on technology that I remembered from my time in space. So, you know what I mean? Like, where's your tech at? If you were up there, where's my, everybody's like build the UFO motor. I can't do that. I can't build a microwave, but there are things that I do remember and I am working on it and I'm not the only one. A lot of people um, that have been under attack recently are going to work on it. We are going to present this year. There's going to be things that hit the public um, that we remembered from time in space. So this is a big year. And so what I'm saying is you can not walk across the bridge with some of the people in the community, but don't burn them because we're all on the same exact mission here. And Amen. so whether whether or not you, whatever, however you go about it, some people don't agree with what other people, but I'll tell you guys, man, quit burning bridges. Uh, I know I love everybody I've met at every conference there's been so much love and so much support for especially, I don't want to fucking tear up. So after what I went through to live to this section in my life, where I'm actually living a very um, quality life compared to the time that I spent. And uh, so, so to see that kind of crumble away and see the people negatively impacting each other really, really is heartbreaking to me. And so I'm trying to work, you know what I mean? Like, get everybody back on the same page yeah and so i'm really happy i'm very honored that you're going to have me in grafton to present and i'm gonna um, take the gloves off and i'm gonna i i plan on having a really good presentation there i'm really looking forward to the things i'm going to share this year um so thanks for that and i just wanted to let the crowd know man just try not to hate everybody don't burn the bridge so that's all i'm saying Right. Just don't hey. burn the bridge. You don't have to walk across the bridge, but you don't have to burn it either. So I love you guys. You can find me on TonyRodriguez.com. I'm on Facebook. I have a Patreon, Talks with Tony. But it all links from my website, um, TonyRodriguez.com. It'll get a revamp when the book comes out. The book's slighted. Hoping for middle of April uh, for the for the next book. And then I'm off to Sedona for a conference there. 
And then the following month is you guys at Grafton. I can't wait. Last year was a highlight. You guys, that that conference, it's hard to throw a conference and you made it look easy. You guys really, it was, it, it ran like a well-oiled machine. It was an absolute amazing experience and a highlight of my whole life. And so I'm looking forward to it again. So thanks. And I'm happy to be here again. Wow. So, thank, thank you. For you that. Thank you. We'll sit. We'll sit. Can't wait to see you again. Thank you. I'm so glad much. I ended with you, man. <laughs> this is beautiful. Don't start um, it. I'll finish it, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And it was such a blast last year. You know, I always, I, I said that last year before I even planned a conference or while we were planning it, I went on an interview and somebody asked me what my goal was. And I said, I just want everyone to have the best time. I want them to walk away from it saying they had the best time of their life. And that was my main intention. And I feel like that's what happened. And, um, I, you know, you can only plan the event, but you can't plan the experience. And it was the people that created the experience. So everyone who was there, thank you, you know, who made it what it was. And we hope to see you guys out there again. There still are some tickets left. Uh, the lodging on site is sold out, but you can still camp. There's Airbnbs, there's hotels, there's glamping. Um, you can probably find a room with somebody. People, people are looking for roommates. If you get on the telegram chat on the website, um, so there's still play, there's still space and day passes will be available uh, on April 1st. And if you can't make it, um, take advantage of the live stream experience. It's going to be awesome this year. And all the information is available at journeytotruthcon.com. Um, and I guess that's it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you guys in the chat. Thank you for the donations. Thank you for all the support. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you guys so much. And I'm not ready to end the show because I'm not even on the right screen. So I can't even say <laughs> goodbye. Uh, let me get to the right screen. Anyway, good night, everybody. We love you. We hope to see you at the conference. Thank you so much. And until next time, have a great evening. <laughs>